Hey, Newsacast listeners, you can find every episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Please help us grow by subscribing or sharing the Newsacast with friends or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Now let's get this show on the road. Welcome to the NoosaCast. What is a NoosaCast? It's where we bring local folk stories to life through conversation. Hello, NoosaCast listeners, and welcome to episode 13, uh, the lucky number 13 for the NoosaCast. Um, and this is going to be a little different interview this time, a little different uh, setup, right, Joe? Tosh, I'm excited for this one. Now, this you're right. So this one is completely different for us. If you recall back to what, episode three, when we interviewed Tim up at the fly fishing shop, um, yeah. that was our first crack at taking our equipment mobile. And it, it uh, let's just say it's not the best audio um, in, in that episode. But Taylor, our producer and our editor and our guru, I would say, uh, it set us up with some really great recording equipment. So you and I, yeah, Tuesday night, we went over to the Community First Champion Center and we represented Noosa and Red Smith. But you and I also went after and, and just took that recorder and talked to a whole bunch of people and actually had a, a really good time doing that. Yeah. And you know what? We probably could have talked to a whole lot more. But um, it was a good good night and a good experience, and we got to learn some things about some new sports um, and opportunities for kids most more than anything in the area that we didn't know about. Um, but we also got to touch base with some of our uh, our past interviews and past uh, groups that we've talked about, and uh, yeah, it was it was fun. And you know, from the from the looks of it, a decent crowd, and people are getting information and talking to groups and. Um, you know, for the first time, it looked like it was pretty good. Yeah, I would agree, Tosh. And one of the neat things I thought, so they had they had probably mid-30s of, of tables set up of different groups. So there was, there was everything from almost any sport you could think of. The YMCA was there, the, the Fox City's officials, um, just anybody you could think of related to just sports in, in this area was there. And that that's really there's not many opportunities where all the groups get to get together like that and are able to talk. I mean, we it was great. We re, we uh, reconnected with the Shields marketing team. They were next to us. I mean, you and I, I play this. This was gold for us walking around and talking to people. But all of these groups interacted with each other, exchanged, you know, cards, ideas, things like that. So from that perspective, that was really cool. Uh, Matt yeah. Tenhanken from from the Fox City's Visitors and Convention Bureau. I mean, his him and his staff did, you know, the, just another great event. Those guys are awesome. I mean, they, this is just right. the, everything they touch is, is just well run um, and well put together. So, shout out to those guys. Kudos to those guys. It was it was we had fun, and I think everybody else did. At least that that was my my take on it. Yeah, yeah, it looked like it. it looked like people, you know, the biggest thing is people are interacting with each other. Yes. And anytime you can do that, uh, that's good things are going to happen. Ab so, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and we got to, uh, with Paul McCann, we also got to really um, tell people about the Every Kid's Plays grant 
uh, through the Red Smith as well, which is huge. Um, and hopefully getting some people to try some different sports as well yeah. or activities, really. Um, sports activities, you name it. It was there. Yeah. It was fun to hang out with Paul. We don't get together as much anymore with Red Smith Group. So we spent a few hours together, bounced some ideas around and just uh, kind of got caught up a little bit. But yeah, between Paul and, and Dub and you and me, we, we talked to a lot of folks about the Every Kid Plays grant, uh, which is a fantastic grant. Go to redsmith.org if you want more information. But but really what it is, it gives kids an opportunity to play sports. Maybe, maybe the family finds themselves in a, in a little difficult situation. There is an expense to play these sports. And we're here, Red Smith, Noosa is here to help offset those costs. So uh, we, yeah. we were able to kind of spread that message and, and hopefully hopefully some people take advantage of that. We, we would love to do that. Yeah, that was a good event and another you know successful night as far as uh, the Convention Bureau and the Champion Center is concerned. Um, so yeah, it, it's going to be fun. I think you guys are going to uh, learn a lot um, as you listen to some of these interviews and we introduce some of those people who are coming up. But uh, we got some good stuff happening this weekend. Um <clears throat> It's it's Appleton's annual Oktoberfest. Yes, yes, I, I that comes up so quick. I always forget it's in September, <laughs> but yes, uh, the Oktoberfest along with the um, the car show, the license to cruise on Friday nights. Um, so I mean, you got football, you got sports, you've got the Packers playing Thursday night, you've got the car show Friday, you've got Oktoberfest on Saturday. High school and football. I, I have to give a shout out. Yeah, high school football. I have to give a shout out to the uh, Appleton Firemen and their their chili stand. Our good friend Jeremy Hatinsky yes. um, will be making chili, and he'll be uh, making chili and, and dishing it out until uh, mid-morning, and he has to take off to see his son play. Uh, he's in the band at UW Oshkosh, the marching band. So oh, he'll be there for a little while. So if you listen to this podcast and you are getting chili from the firemen, say hi to Jeremy. Yes. Are you going to make it down to Oktoberfest, Tosh? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. We'll see what, what's going on. Uh, we always try to get down for a little bit, so lots of bands playing, lots of good food. How about yourself? Well, I have to uh, I, I have to deliver mail to the fine citizens of, of Appleton that day, but uh, if, if it's a light mail day and we're, we're done early enough, my... Uh, Latash, my daughter Amelia, it's homecoming uh, this weekend. Oh, so, yep. yeah, pictures are scheduled for five o'clock. Oh, kind of down in the Oktoberfest area, so that that's gonna be it's gonna be interesting how people people get around. Uh, I, for <laughs> one, uh, maneuver around by via bicycle, Tosh, so it is no issue for me. But uh, other folks might might have a problem. Yeah, hop on a bird scooter. There, <laughs> there you, go. you go. Yes, <laughs> I'll, I'll listen to the music at least from the from the post office parking lot. Yeah, we encourage people to go down. It's always a good event. Um, always upwards of eighty to a hundred thousand people show up for Oktoberfest. Weather's going to be beautiful, eighties um, and sunny on Sunday, Saturday, um, and it looks like good weather for the uh, car show on Friday as well. So, um, get out and enjoy our beautiful downtown Appleton and uh, this amazing Oktoberfest. And the best thing about Oktoberfest is all the money that goes back to community groups. Yeah. I think that's the coolest thing about it. In a lot of the groups, Tash, that we saw and, and talked with at Discovery, uh, Discover Sports and, and, and recipients through the Red Smith uh, granting program, 
almost every one of those groups ha- has a booth selling some kind of food. Yeah. I mean, it's, that might be the best eating day of the year is just starting on one yeah. end of the Ave and just working your way down. And, and you just, yeah. I love that so much. I miss that. And speaking of eating, Mad Elephants is opening up in the old Houdini's. Oh, excellent. I didn't know that. So that they had a, I believe they had a soft opening. They do have some of the uh, Houdini staples, but obviously Mad Elephant was is the former owners of Taste to Tie. Sure. And uh, so they do have some of those staples coming with them as well. So it looks like it could be an interesting restaurant. I'm looking forward to uh, making my way over there and uh, having some dinner one night. Yes. Envision maybe a Nusacast brainstorming night, Tosh? That would be excellent. That would be excellent as well. Yes. Any big plans other than uh, getting pictures for your daughter? That's always a huge night. Yeah. No, I mean, that, that's exciting. And then uh, just, uh, just you know, officiating some football on Friday. Yeah. Thursday night's going to be interesting. I'd like to, you know, the Packers have a big game. Um, it'd be fun to watch right. that, but I'm going to start that night by officiating some uh, some high school football. So there you go. It's going to be a beautiful night. Absolutely. What do you have going? Football Friday, uh, Thursday nights. Uh, my son plays freshman at four and the varsity follows immediately after at seven o'clock versus Wrightstown for both of them at Wrightstown. Nice. So that should be uh, should be some good games for the FBL teams. And uh, yeah, then, yeah, we have some Oktoberfest. We have FBL's pancake feed yes. is going to be on Sunday. So if you are interested in some breakfast and helping out a football team uh, at FBL in the commons, they have their pancake feed, uh, followed by a band and choir concert as well. So if you like that kind of stuff, you can do that as well. Yeah. And then after all that, I have family pictures as well. So yeah, smile pretty, Tosh, smile pretty. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so we got a whole bunch of stuff going on. So Good, good things. No, it's a great time of year, and, and you know, we love Wisconsin, Tosh, and I know I'm excited to get this show on the road, uh, but first, you and I are going to play one of our favorite games, an old look at new. All right, NoosaCast listeners, the NoosaCast old look at new, that look at history uh, whether it's United States, whether it's national, whether it's the state of Wisconsin, whether it's Northeast Wisconsin, or if it's the Fox River like Joe's been doing the last <laughs> few weeks. It's that look at history that we like to uh, go to. So um, I'm going to let Joe go first and see where he leads us this well, time Well, Tasha, I'm going to take us off the river. I, I know it's been two weeks that we've been paddling up the up the Fox River. And I got to say, I, I love this this segment. It's It's fun to look back at history. And I thought, you know what? Let's take a look back at where the Red Smith Banquet has been. We, we've been at a couple of different venues through the years. So when the Red Smith Banquet started in 1966, it was at a little place called the Reitz Supper Club on South Oneida Street in Appleton, basically where the Red Ox is. Um, that corner right there had had a, it was about a 500 seat banquet hall back then. So the first three or four years through through the 60s, the Red Smith Banquet was there. After that, they moved to the Country Air. And I don't know, I'm pretty sure, Tosh, you might remember that that building. That was incredible, yep, incredible all-you-can-eat chicken. Uh, that was out on West Spencer Street. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yes, just south of College Avenue. In fact... I think it's a storage facility. It, it is. It's so weird. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and that one was interesting, too, because there were... There were tables behind the stage. In fact, one of my 
and I will try to do this. I um, but we're trying to do more social media posts, and this this would be a cool picture. There is a fantastic photo from the seventies. I don't even know who's at the podium, but it's from behind the podium, and you have the speaker. And, and the picture's out over the, the 1970s country air room where it's just a smoke-filled room and everybody's dressed up in their suits. <laughs> and it's just an epic photo. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'll try to post it for us. But, yeah, the, a long, long history at, at the at the country air. I mean, the food was great. It was all you can eat. They put buckets of beer out there. I mean, guys like Tommy Lasorda. <laughs> uh, Bob Euchre, all those guys, you know, were, were, were there, uh, in, in the country air. I mean, I would say that that was one of the heydays wow. back then. Um, the old Midway motor lodge, which was, I think it's still there. That little bubble dome, uh, on college Avenue. Yeah. That was kind of the, yep. that's where everybody stayed. You know, that was, you know, the after party was, was there, that, that kind of thing. So yeah. And then, Back in the '80s, you know, College Avenue, the the Paper Valley Hotel was was built in uh, in College Avenue. And I think that was about 1984, or 1985 when that hotel was built, sometime in the early '80s. And they tried to get the Redsmith Banquet to come down there. Uh, it's a natural event to fill their ballroom. I always remember the committee was a little hesitant to move to that location because uh, they they just wanted to make sure that the hotel the service was right because uh, you can't mess with a chicken tash, you know. Right, exactly. But finally, and I think it was 1985, uh, made the move uh, to the Paper Valley Hotel, and and we've been there every single year until uh, until COVID hit. Um, but a lot of great memories of the hotel. I mean, the, in in the heyday, in the very heyday, I would say the the most the biggest attendance of the Red Smith Banquet through the 90s. All the side rooms were, were filled with closed circuit. There was probably yeah. 15, 1,600 people yep. scattered throughout the hotel. Uh, a lot not in the main room. So that was always – that was incredible really to, to think about. I mean to, to pay money to go sit in a room and watch Absolutely. it on TV. But And then we had you know we, we had COVID. So you know the next venue became our, our computer screen. We did a virtual, uh, virtual event. And then the, the following year in 2022, we, we made the move over to the Fox cities exhibition center and, and had, uh, I think one of we a fantastic show with Bill Walton and Leroy Butler. We, we had a blast that, that was a great show, kind of a really cool room. And yeah. from there, Tash, we morphed into the Noosa cast and, and into a segment we'd like to call right. an old look at new. So with, with that history lesson of the red Smith banquet, what are you looking at? Well, first of all, if you walk into the uh, into the center from the 2022 banquet, you can still hear the echoes of Bill Walton. So, um, well, I'm a I'm going to say one thing first. Um, a couple weeks ago, I had the Milwaukee Mile as my uh, old look at new, um, and they just announced today that they're going to be hosting an IndyCar race again oh, next year. Oh, that is year. awesome! I love it. So, so yeah, so that's that continues that streak of at least one professional race or one race at that Milwaukee Mile since like I think the gosh is nineteen oh eight or something like that. It's pretty crazy amount. I think we said. Speaking of of, of the Milwaukee Mile in our Gilbert Brown throwback uh, two weeks ago, right. Gilbert talks about the Milwaukee Mile. Yeah, he was uh, part yes, owner of that, yes, wasn't he? Yes. Well, we're going to go down to Milwaukee, uh, September twenty eighth. 2008 and Joe, you should know where this is going. Uh, Brawny longtime brewer, Ryan Braun hits a uh, two run shot to put the brewers up three, one against yes. the Cubs. And they go on to win 
their first uh, playoff, go to their at least one game playoff in franchise yes. history uh, since in 26 years. So, yeah, so, I mean, perfect. It comes out. This comes out on yes, the 28th. Absolutely. Just an so, incredible scene. I mean, that was just yeah. the eruption, the, the locker room. Uke was epic in the locker room with the campaign right. and, and the singing. And yeah, I mean, that, that team was great. Th- this team now, oh. you, you know, let, let's hope we have some celebrations this year. Oh, I yeah. think the, they're excited. Wow. I think I think it's bound to happen. They're at home for three games here right. in St. Louis. And I think we'll see the celebration as it's as much as it would have been nice just to win it right away. Um, it's nice to come home and win it in front of the fans yeah, as no well. Doubt. So hopefully we'll keep our keep our fingers crossed. You know, Cubs lost, Brewers win. They get the division. The 2008 team. I mean, there was a couple walk offs in the week week before that. I think Braun had both of the walk offs and then he comes in and hits that two run shot in the eighth inning to put him up three to one. And uh, yeah, I remember watching that. Because that was the, uh, I mean, I could be mistaken here. That was the year of CC Sabathia. Yeah, yeah absolutely, as well. it was. Yes, and where he just he carried that team on his back, pitching on three days rest, and just yeah, that was fun. That was a fun experience for sure. Two of the biggest signings in sports Wisconsin sports history, I would say. Right, CC Sabathia for that year, and maybe Reggie White for the Packers. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Uh, I mean, really, if you think about it, two signings that turned around right, two franchises. Right. Yeah, that was that's my uh, that's my old. Look, I love it. So, uh, that was uh, I do too. Now I'm excited for playoffs. Let's get them going. Yes, absolutely. Let's play ball. <laughs> that was our our old look at new one of our favorite segments. Hope you enjoyed it. All right, Tash. Well, last week we we talked to Matt Tenhanken and we we talked about the Champion Center and the, the impact it has on the Fox Cities and. You and I have had a chance now to walk through and experience the the Champion Center, and I tell you what, what an absolute beautiful building! I know you've spent a little more time in it than I have on the on the ice rink side, but uh, man, that's an impressive building. Yeah, you know what? That is a like I said in interview last week. It is a crown jewel of the Fox Cities. Uh, the amount of business that it brings into our area is incredible. It's a beautiful building. Um, you know, with the field house, with the seasonal area, with the ice rink. And, you know, I, I just see it only getting better. And we had a, a nice short interview with the general manager, um, Adam Lagaki. Um, we had a nice short interview. Uh, hopefully we can get him back on the podcast and really dive into to a little bit of what he's been doing and um, into maybe some of the future stuff with the Champion Center as well. Yeah, absolutely. This is a great interview. It's a good way to kick off this episode. So let's get down with Adam Lagaki and let's uh, let's learn a little bit more about the Champion Center. Adam, it's awesome to have you. We had Matt on the last episode and we talked a lot about this building. It's I think it's my second time in here, but it feels like the first time. It is a really, really cool building. He lucky to to be working here. I, I love this place. It's awesome. Yeah, I mean, you said it. Cool is what I always describe it as. We have so many different things to do, so many different types of people come through here. And yeah, I'm really proud to say that I'm a part of this. Absolutely. The room we're in right now is one of the coolest boardrooms I've ever been in. Super <laughs> high ceilings, all glass. Where it's, uh, I love this location. But it, you mentioned, so the Champion Center is made up of one main ice rink. You have a multi-use building basically right that's either could be hardwood or ice and then you have another hardwood uh, facility with four courts or what is it eight 
volleyball? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So the field house is four basketball courts or eight volleyball courts all the time. The main rink is the main ice rink all the time. And then our seasonal arena, which I think is probably one of the coolest things that's even available in any sports place throughout the nation is, you know, an ice rink pretty much November through end of February. And then we rip it all out and we put in four more basketball courts. Uh, we can also fit five volleyball courts in there. So, um, Kind of an exciting time of the year for us. Uh, it's going to be converted in the next three weeks sure. or so here. So that's kind of a fun process to see. I'll bet. Now, do you guys do that in-house or is that subcontracted out? How does that all work? Yeah, a little of both. So uh, Basement uh, Flooring did the floors. Uh, they're pretty top-notch, a great group. And they come in and help us take all the floors out. They also help with the installation of the hardwood floors. And then the hockey rink. Um, yeah, we have some partners within the community that have helped us do that in the past. And you know, we've got some good staff members here that also know know how to convert that. So sure, yeah, cool process. Now, when we we talked when we talked to Matt, he, he was talking kind of a little bit your schedule here during the week. It's a lot of local teams are here either playing games or, or doing or practicing, but on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, Sundays, I mean that that that's tourism that's coming in here. They're coming into a, a tremendous facility. But you mentioned before you must see just all types of so the, the hockey groups the wrestling groups the volleyball groups i mean there must all be certain styles but they literally hang out here all day i mean you have great concessions but that's got to be interesting to people watch uh, yeah i mean i got a lot of funny stories i don't know if i'll share all of them with you <laughs> with you tonight but um each group has kind of some small differences between them and they have like a different type of culture um but at the end of the day it's it's a ton of kids um parents watching their kids play and just ton of activity throughout the building it's super cool that really is true I, I had my oldest played soccer and that that was a certain group and even within that group there's certain groups within within the group and then I had one that played lacrosse and and you're right they're different and Tosh I know uh, you, you have a couple of questions as well but you know Tosh is a hockey dad and and that's that's a different group as well so I I would I think I'd sit outside your office all day and just watch people yeah I guess my question for you is um so as the weekends come up you know, you're, you're full board already into tournaments and everything else. Um, what, what's it like on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday? And, you know, what is your amount of people coming through here on an, any given weekend? Yeah, I'd say our average total people is probably 2,500. Um, so it's a busy place. Uh, a normal weekend brings at least 100 teams, you know. So we talking about hockey and volleyball kind of go together. The seasons kind of yeah. go together. So a normal volleyball tournament will bring in about 64 teams a weekend. And then we can do another 20 to 30 on the two rinks at the same time. And then, you know, a travel basketball tournament on those eight courts can bring in, you know, up to 100 to 140 teams. Um, so it's, it's fun watching. We just talked before about you're being a hockey dad, but those volleyball girls love watching the hockey guys and, and vice versa. Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, it's just, like I said, ton of people coming through here all just – slightly different with the groups so let's just talk about this place from the beginning how has your growth been and what do you see as a future yeah i mean ton of learning that first year um so we opened almost four years ago um, november of 2019 and we hit it right away running we had hockey tournaments right away in volleyball tournaments so there was a lot of you know a quick learning curve for us and our staff just trying to figure out how 
not just the different people, but having two different events essentially running at the same time. So we had two tournaments going, so you got to manage two different groups at the same time and the different people coming in. Um, then we were blessed with this thing called COVID. Uh, so everything we did for four months, uh, then we had to change everything and yeah. learn to operate in a very different manner. And then once we kind of got out of COVID, we had to kind of re relearn the landscape and how, how things would operate in a back to normal level. Um, so, you know, that was a lot of experience, a lot of different experiences in the last four right. years. And, you know, it's been a crazy ride. What does your future look like? I mean, if you guys are planning, you know, like say three or four year plan, I mean, what's it look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I would be, I'd be lying to you if I said that we were, you know, complacent at where we're at. Um, our tournaments are really, really strong, but you know, our biggest issue is I say no to everybody all the time. So we are full, like we don't have room. So right. we have volleyball groups reaching out to us, run and run tournaments. And we don't have space. Our basketball tournaments are using separate sites yeah. than we are right now. So, I mean, our plan right now is, you know, knock on wood, if we can figure out a plan here, we would, we would double the size of our field house and wow. go to, you know, four more permanent basketball courts. So eight basketball courts, 16 volleyball courts. And then when you talk about the ice rink coming out, we could get to, you know, 12, 12 basketball courts, wow. almost 20 volleyball courts. So, and, and the thing that's crazy is we have the demand right now. We could, if, if we could get it done tomorrow, I think we would. And I, we know those tournaments would fill and that we just, you know, we'd be going from 2,500 people to 4,500. That's great. So a little bit about this event tonight. Uh, we've been interviewing some of the local uh, groups, uh, the sports discovery night. How, how has that been for you? And what do you see as a future for that? I mean, yeah, this is a very exciting night for us. Um, it's something we've done a lot of planning for in the last, you know, several months. Um, the cool thing about tonight, especially for us and our staff, is is we are so heavy in volleyball, hockey, and basketball. We do a little bit of wrestling, um, a little bit of we've done some dodgeball stuff, a little smaller stuff. But to finally get all kinds of different community members in here that play different sports or that maybe don't have children that play club right now, so they don't ever set foot in our building. Um, it's pretty crazy. We've been open for four years, and uh, when I tell people what I do or where I work, there's still people in the community that don't know we're here, um, and some of those are people with kids. So really exciting opportunity tonight to get, like I said, that different group, whether it's a soccer group or a football group or whatever in, in the building. That's, that's awesome. Just speaking to the people that we talked to tonight, a lot of them said the same thing. I mean, it's basically my first time here, and, and a lot of them, it's, it's I really just blown away of how nice it, it is and thinking back to when my kids played how I can't imagine having a place like this to hang out all day it would be so nice I'm, I'm looking over there at your food area it's, do you do the concessions uh, in-house yeah all of our concessions are handled in-house we have some different community partners that we partner with on different products that we sell and things like that but yep we have a full-time staff of six and you know one of them's a food and bed person that handles yeah. all that stuff I mean that, that's a big operation is I mean you must go through a lot of food here on, on busy days yeah i can't even begin to tell you how many slushies we we sold um <laughs> you know when you go through a couple hundred hot dogs in a weekend and seven thousand slushies over the course of a year um, yeah. when you start adding that up it's pretty nuts and next to us you you have a bar that um so you can come and hang out that's going to be kind of a hit i would think at times yeah maybe. so yeah we have the badger state parent lounge we call it um so we have beer and wine uh, sponsored by badger state up in green bay um yeah really <laughs> You, you said we got a lot of cool stuff going on here. A lot of selfies of parents taking pictures of themselves in the bar saying, hey, I'm supposed to be watching my kid play, but like yeah. having a drink in between. Um, yeah, that's been a hit. It gives uh, the parents 
one, something to do when their kids aren't playing, right. but two, it kind of gets them out of the chaos for a little bit of all that screaming and stuff that's going on. It's, it's a little more secluded and quiet, so they can kind of relax a little bit while, while the kids are running around doing whatever they do between games. And all of those families that are, majority of those families are staying in hotels nearby. I mean, the growth that's coming out th this way, I mean, we're a little bit west of Fox City Stadium. And, and, and you are right, you, you are tucked back here. It's, it's tough to see off the road if you, you, you could easily miss it, but it's, uh, man, it's a beautiful facility. Now, did you, are, are you from the area or what's, uh, where did you grow up? Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm from Pulaski. I'm a 2003 graduate Pulaski High School, but I, I went to college in Waukesha. I played basketball at Carroll College. Um, so my wife also went there. So we were down in Waukesha for almost 15 years. Um, my, my parents have since relocated here. My wife's from Shawano. So this was a, a chance for us to get back to the Appleton area. I have three young children. Um, so just worked out perfect for me to come back up here, be closer to family, have sure. an awesome job, an awesome place to work, you know. No, absolutely, it would be a great job. No, it's great to meet you. And then you work, Matt kind of described how it works, and you work closely with the Visitors and Convention Bureau, and it's, uh, yeah, I mean, this is, it's, it's a gem for this area. Tosh, I know you get to take advantage of the ice, and it's, uh, it's great for us as well. Yeah, I, I tell everybody this is crown jewel of the Fox Cities. And people who don't really get here need to need to get here. And like you said, you have no problem with with getting events here. You have too many, too many that want to come. So um, just it is incredible. You you did an amazing job during COVID. I want to say that uh, when you opened up and things ran, you did a fantastic job. I was remember with uh, with hockey, and uh, I help out with the Stars hockey team. And uh, you, you do a fantastic job here. We always enjoy coming. Um, and <clears throat> hopefully we can get more people in here. And hopefully in the future we can see some expansion possibly. <laughs> hopefully the future is like tomorrow. But yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think, you know, we'd love to have you on again sometime and maybe have a longer interview. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, thank you so much for this event, first of all. Um, it was great seeing people here. And uh, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thanks for having me. And for sure, I'd love to come back. All right, NoosaCast listeners, um, we're going to get into some live interviews. We're lucky enough to be at Discover Sports Night at the Champion Center, and we got to interview a few people. Um, we talked with Pop Warner football, the Saints football, uh, the Fox Cities roller derby. Tash, I love those, those girls. Sadie, she was so awesome. That's a great interview, I think. Yeah, they were awesome. Yes. Uh, lacrosse, the Appleton Lacrosse Club, we got to spend a little time with. Yes. Um, Fox City's rugby. Didn't realize how big, I, I knew rugby was growing. I didn't realize how big it was and how many different uh, organizations are involved under their umbrella, we, which is really cool we, to see. We talk ball, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we kids in elementary school playing rugby, which is absolutely fabulous. Yes to be involved in a sport like that backward um an interesting one that i didn't i've seen played in darboy community park but i've didn't know what it was and that is the fox river hurling club yes that was an interesting sport we after the interview we actually watched a little bit on they had a, a video tape going what a fast holy cow you think uh, that might be i even asked the guy i don't think we caught it uh, on a recording but i think that sport runs more than any other sport may maybe more than soccer yeah. it's, it's very close yeah and it's played on a soccer field yeah 
Um, back, it dates all the way back to uh, you know the national sport of Ireland. Yes. So that was crazy. That was that was something interesting. They have a small, dedicated group right now, hoping to grow. Um, right now, they're sponsored by McFleischmann's. Yes. Uh, which is amazing. I love that place. Great outdoor patio. Great beer. Um, so you can check them out uh, maybe sometime this uh, this coming summer. Uh, we got to speak with Mac yes. from Janet Berry, who's involved, a goalie, with the Appleton Area Hockey Association. Mac's a math wizard. He's a goalie. and Dude's got the best got, flow I've seen, Tasha, in, in quite a while. He is, he's got some serious hockey flow, he, he yeah. He does. He's looking Absolutely. good. Absolutely. So, you know, each of these interviews is going to be a little bit about the organization. They're short, you know, five minutes, six minutes, three minutes, four minutes here and there. You know, we, we hope to touch base with all of these groups in the future and really see where they're at and maybe have some full on interviews with them. And, uh, you know, we also we didn't get to interview a bunch of groups. Um, you know, they were busy talking with people and but we did make some contacts and it brings up a good point that um, if you're listening to this and you're a group that really wants to uh, get your word out about your group, um, shoot us an email and let us know so we can c connect with you and um, hopefully maybe even get your message out on the NoosaCast as well. Yeah, NoosaCast at gmail.com. Shoot us a message for real. We, we, one, we'd love to hear from you, but two, you, like Tosh said, it was over, there was over 30 groups at, at Discovery Night, so it was impossible to, to talk to everybody. So we would love to talk to everybody on the NoosaCast. We, you know, this comes out once a week, so we, we have time. Let's talk. Yeah, send us, shoot us your email, shoot us, uh, contact us through any of the socials. Yeah, we'll love to connect with you and maybe set up an interview so we can get you on the NoosaCast as well. Enjoy. Tash, our first interview at, uh, at the Discover Sports with Bob Massick at uh, with Pop Warner. Bob, it's good to have you. Thank you. Good to be here. So you're right in the middle of Pop Warner right now. The season's season's underway. How's everything going? So far, so good. We've had good weather, which is always important. We've had good crowds, which we have grown accustomed to, and no injuries to speak of, which is always a, a plus. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, there's two of the greatest fields in the valley are, are those two. Grass fields, beautiful lights. Absolutely. Uh, we're pretty proud of those fields. We get a lot of comments on them. They're truly the grass. In, in an era when everybody's going to synthetic turf, uh, we still have those out there. The county does a great job in helping maintain with us, so we're pretty proud of them. Oh, absolutely. And the food always smells so good out there. <laughs> well, it does. <laughs> that's, that's the good part is that the hamburgers and the brats, you can't, you can't beat it. Tosh doesn't know this. It's part of the officiating contract that, that we get fed. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Never a shortage of officials, right, Bob? No, no. Well, you know, in a time when officials are at a premium, We've really been very fortunate. The crews that have worked with us through the years have stayed with us. Um, we try to support them as best we can to avoid any issues on the field, either coaches or parents. And I think all that helps. You know, it, it makes it a good environment for them. Uh, absolutely, I agree. It's one of my favorite spots. I'll pass you over to Tosh. So we're here at the Sports Discovery Night. 
Um, what is one of the things you guys are hoping to benefit from being at this event? Well, exposure. Just, you know, for us, it's always, I'm always surprised after 50 years when somebody comes up to me, as a couple of people have this year, and said, we didn't know anything about this. And, you know, and you live in the Fox River Valley, it's not a, a huge community, it's a large community, but I'm always amazed at, what do you mean you haven't heard about this? Because we've been out there for 50 years, but it's exposure, is yeah. to get the message out. So what are your numbers like currently? Oh, Kurt, Kurt, what are we at? We're at about 800. About 850 with the tackle, flag, and challenge. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's still, it's a great, my, my boys came through the program, ah. and uh, it's a great program. One of them's in college now, and one of them's in a freshman at FBL. So, oh, cool. Yeah, it's a great program, and you guys do a great job with everything. I appreciate it. It's a lot of hard work. Kurt, and for through the years here, and some guys that helped him, Greg Miller, Paul Ingen, who's been with yep. the program from the start, uh, Will Springer, these are all guys who really, Steve Peters, another one on yep. the field, they just put heart and soul into it. Uh, they're there all the time, right. countless hours, making sure that everything works right and so forth. Uh, you can't say enough about that. So. I was just going to talk Coach Engen. I mean, he's been here since the early 70s. What a legend that guy is. Yes, he was. Uh, I came in. John Hennessy approached me when I, well, I got talked into coaching uh, the second year that they were out there. Paul Engen was part of the group of coaches that started it. And then the, the program needed a little boost. John talked me into staying on. I was just uh, out of college, and um, the rest had just been there ever since. So <laughs> oh, That's awesome. Yeah. We don't know how lucky we are in this area to have you guys and to have the Pop oh. Warner program. It's uh, a lot of generations now have gone through that program. It's true, and I can tell you a lot, a lot of good people. Um, through the years, there have been countless people who have stepped up and helped me back I mean, it, it looks like a growing and a going machine now, but there were times where we didn't know we were going to go with equipment. We didn't know we were going to play. We didn't know anything. Right. And if it weren't for people like John Hennessy and other community people, Paul Ingen, some other staff, Kinky, but sure. Kinky back in the early sure. days, we would have never been, we'd have never made it. Now, Bud Kinky Otis, right? His yes. boy, he's been a <laughs> Cleveland Indians groundskeeper yeah. for a lot of years, right? Oh, yeah. Well, Odie Kinky was my first quarterback. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> um, he signed up when he was sixth grade, my first year of coaching. And I looked at Bud and o Odie Kinky, there was no way he weighed 90 pounds. <laughs> and so I don't know what, honestly don't know what Bud did at the time, but he came in, stepped on a scale, and he was 91 pounds. The rest was history. And so he played two years for me. So <laughs> That's awesome. That's yep. awesome. And a big leads groundskeeper. That's yeah. uh Oh, that'd be a great career, wouldn't oh, that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Fun. Excellent, yeah. Barney, there's a few guys that have come through Appleton that uh, Barney Lopez, he, he's had uh, Anaheim or California Angels for, gosh, a long time as well. Yep. So. yep. Well, Bob, this has been fun. Uh, there's a few people walking through yep. it. Nothing else is a beautiful facility. Oh, this is outstanding, yep. again, you know, for this community. And, it's and you know what? When the season's over here, uh, maybe we can get you on the podcast and do a longer interview, talk ah, a little history I would and everything. I always want to talk about Pop Warner. It's, that's probably, outside of my family, they'll tell you it's Pop Warner. So. All right. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. You're welcome. So, Sadie with Fox Valley Roller Derby. 
Hi, Joe. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. So tell me, I've never seen roller derby. Oh, you are missing out. Uh, Roller derby, as our uh, president, uh, who had to leave a little bit ago, was describing to somebody, it's kind of like NASCAR on roller skates and a little bit of like football. You wear all of this protective gear. You have these speed skates that you're on. Helmets, mouth guards, we're, we're very, very careful, right? And then you have two teams of five. Your team consists of three blockers, okay. who are essentially like your defense. Five on five. Five on five. You have a jammer, who's your point scorer, and your pivot, who can essentially be a jammer or a blocker, depending on if they are in control of what's called the star. Okay. The jammer wears the star. That's the person who can score the points. So what's the scar look like? Okay, so the star is a cover on your helmet. Okay. The star is visible on either side. And you start off back here and behind this line. And where are you playing this? Like in a roller? Okay. Roller rinks, arenas, um, hockey rinks that don't have the ice on them at any given oh, moment. Yeah sport courts, lots of different places can host roller derby. Are there referees? There are referees. We have on skates referees, uh, like our friend Bronte Logs here. And then I'm what's considered an off skates or non-skating official. Okay. Uh, So we do all sorts of things from timing to running the penalty box to tracking the penalties and the lineups, um, scoreboard operation. Yes, sometimes in the penalty box, but if you're in the penalty box and you're getting yelled at by that player, you've got the pe- you know power to give a penalty. So sure, it's probably not in their best uh, interest to do that. So we're in a roller rink or we're in an abandoned ice rink. You're yes. playing five on five. Yes. Somebody has a scarlet. Yep. They're trying to get to the other end to score. So what they do is when they take off at the whistle, mm-hmm. they need to get through this line of opposing blockers. And they and have those big pads, the blocking pads? Correct. They're all, yeah. well, not the big pads. Okay. But that's for children to hit us. That's for oh, children gotcha. to hit us, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, that, that's an exercise. You have to actually hit the blocking pads yeah. in the sense Physical of them contact. being people on skates. You have to get through them, and if you can get through that entire pack and out of what we call the engagement zone, which is where the pack lives, so to speak, you can get a point for every player that you go past. Potentially, you could get four points for every time you go through, and then you just keep going around. Now, each jam or opportunity for gameplay is two minutes long or can be called off by the lead jammer, the first one to get out of the pack. So sometimes there's a strategic reason to get through the pack, see the other one coming on your heels and call it off to cut off their ability to score points. Interesting, I like it. So is the coach calling that or is that just a player being smart enough at that Uh, time to call it? Could be a combination thereof. There's bench staff, there's people flagging, giving you ideas and, and sometimes you just do it. So I feel very safe right now around all of you, but I feel yes. like when you all get together, there's some good contact. Is that? Uh... Yes. What, so we start people out through a, a non-contact boot camp, and we're teaching them uh, the game of roller derby. We can take new people at any given time, but we're running a boot camp right now. And then they graduate through their minimum skills. They get to a point where they're able to do what we call land derby, where we put them in all their gear and we let them play off skates so they have to run around the circle it makes it 
I guess it's an incentive for them to get better so they can get on skates and not have to expend as much effort going around that circle, sure. right? And, uh, How long does a game last usually? A game is two periods of 30 minutes a piece. So you're skating. I mean, you got to be kind of sore after. You feeling it the next day? Yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> Do yeah, squats? Lots of squats. Yeah. Squats are a prerequisite. Where do you guys play? Where can we come and see games? When do you play? So we are working on getting our season together for this year, um, setting up the teams we're going to be against and where we're going to be playing at. Um, so you can always keep an eye on our website, which is foxcitiesrollerderby.com. Nice. For updates, we'll you can also too. follow us on Facebook. Uh, we've got the Fox Cities Roller Derby Facebook page where we'll keep updates going as to when our season's going to be, where it's going to be, our away games, our home games, and people can come on down and check us out. I'm going to check this out. I love this. Excellent. Well, thank and you then, guys so much. If you're even thinking about playing roller yes, derby, yes. feel free to email us. We are foxcitiesderby at gmail.com, or we've got a sign-up sheet going on here today. Um, let us know that you're going to come down, or if you want to be an official, learn how to do it on skates, yeah. off skates. We can teach you everything you need to know. Just Another bring them out Another officiating guard. opportunity. We've been just spilling those out week after week. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much. Very nice to meet you. I'm going to come out and check you guys out for sure. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Brian Bailey, it's good to have you. <laughs> thank you. Um, Glad to be here. Yeah, how's the season? I know that it's a spring sport, but uh, there's fall across, across like every sport's almost year-round these days. I know they play box up in Green Bay at the high school level. So, yep. what do you have? What do you have guys going right now? Anything fall fall yeah, related? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, a lot of things happening with lacrosse for Appleton ALC this this year. Um, we just did a camp with the men's varsity coach at Lawrence University. Yes, that was a huge hit. A lot of yeah. fun. Um, if you haven't already, please go and introduce yourself to Coach Mikey Zadroga. He's a great guy. East Coast guy from Philly. He has That's a awesome. lot of great ideas. So, we're trying to partner with him to promote those kind of opportunities around here. Um, we're doing a fall skills clinic every Wednesday night from about 5.30 to 7. You know, we really promote those multi-sport athletes. So the kids that are playing football and hockey right now that are tied up, we really want to give them one extra day of lacrosse so it stays tops of mind with skills. We're going to do a couple of trial lacrosse for free opportunities here and there over sure. the valley. And then we're going to take a little break, take a little breather, let the kids play hockey and basketball. And we're going to regroup in January, February. We're going to start our winter skills clinic. Yeah, absolutely. Get touches, baby. Get touches, Get right? Get touches, man. Wall time. Now, is there anything better than an East Coast lacrosse guy? Oh, man, I think he's, not. Dude, he's so great to talk to. You oh. know, I, when I first met him, I asked him, you know, hey, what's the main difference between East Coast lacrosse and Midwest lacrosse? And, he, you know, he, he's promoting box. He's like, yeah, the young kids out east, they start in box and they do box in winter, box in summer. So I'm hoping that that can kind of snowball into more box opportunities around here as it, well. It's growing through the years. You know, I, I've told my, one of my boys, Owen, is, you know, he re, uh, he uh, graduated last year, you know, played lacrosse for whatever, six, eight years, Come yeah. came right through the program with talk about east coast guys paul espinoza and, and yep. you know he was taught by east coast guys roger hornberger yep you know those guys all came from the east coast and it's lacrosse out there is treated like friday night football is treated here i mean that, yep. that's the atmosphere that, that's out there and yeah yeah I, I wish him good luck back here at lawrence man and yeah. it's good to see appleton hooking up with him and using those resources yeah no it's going to be great having a presence like that in there is going to be great you know from an appleton and alp alc perspective last year we had 140 150 kids in the program 
you know, the upside to that is our boys program is strong. We really have a lot of solid numbers. The downside of that is our girls program is really growing. So yeah. really trying to focus on growing the girls game in the area as well. So that's going to be a focus for us in the next that's year cool. too. Yeah, I know you had a big group age out from the 14, 13, yep. 14 team. Yep. Um, how do numbers look coming up? for the following year. Yeah, so that's that's been a challenge for us, kind of that ebb and flow, that bullwhip effect, right? Yep. So from a, uh, a 12U perspective, we're gonna have almost enough for two teams. Wow. So we have close to 28 to 30 kids on the 12s. And you know, we just, as you just mentioned, we had an exodus of about, you know, 12 to 14, 14 year olds. Yeah. So now we're gonna have low numbers on the 14. So we're trying to grow that as well. Yeah, so one of the main focuses for me, kind of a new president coming in is how do we stabilize those numbers? Right. And our ideal goal is to double in size. So how do yep. we have essentially two teams at the 14, 12, 10, 8U level for boys and double the number for girls? So that's going to be our, our, our mission right now for the next well, you few know, years. I think one of the big things is that you're going to see and be able to promote these this huge group of kids coming yeah. up to the vars to the JV and varsity team and yeah. Appleton United being a WIA sport for yep. the first year too. Yep. Um, I think those connections are, you know, they're like they're natural. Yeah. So no, you're spot on, and, and we've already started to connect with the you know Appleton United now Appleton High School program. Yeah. Um, we really want to get those guys down to run camps with the Absolutely. youth, right? Because you know I, I never played lacrosse, I played soccer, but we would run tournaments and clinics for the youth, and then the next thing you know, you're building a pipeline, right? Right. And then you go to the games, and you can look and be like, oh yeah, I was at a camp when I was 10, but now like that guy's off in college, and now yep. I'm the captain of the high school team. So so that pipeline is going to be huge for us going forward. So we're going to partner with the high school program to run camps too, Excellent. boys and girls. Awesome. One of the great things about the Appleton lacrosse kids, a lot of them officiate. Uh, make sure to do that and promote that and, and yeah. uh, we need that because that that's a as tough it is as it is for you to find coaches to, to fill those slots i know yep. that's a really difficult job yep um it's it's equally if not harder to find officials to to work those games yep. so you know that's a good point too a lot of times in the younger games we have volunteer dads volunteer yeah. coaches who have to step in and ref so um if you know of any opportunities, we will happily promote it all over our socials to get kids into, into learning how to ref. Yeah, definitely. Well, we talk about it out of the NoosaCast. I still, I, I not as not able to officiate as much as I once did the sport of lacrosse, but yeah. uh, it's one of my all-time favorite things to do. I love working that game. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And that's the one thing lacrosse always has going for it is it is the greatest game. So once I think kids play it and just get used to the stick skills man there's there's no better sport than lacrosse it's awesome it's a great sport i grew up in virginia on the east coast and when i was growing up in the 80s and 90s it was only for private school kids yeah but i played football and i played soccer and i played elite soccer up and down the east coast and i'd always have private school kids on my team that would come and bring their gear and i was always so jealous because sure. i couldn't i couldn't didn't have access to it so the fact that it's here it's growing it's wia sponsored you're going to see this explosion in popularity i hope over the next three to so five what years college team do you follow Virginia? Uh, Virginia uh, basketball? No, not Virginia basketball. I do like UVA lacrosse. Yeah. Right? Men's lax. I'm a big Virginia Tech football fan. Okay. Um, I do support the Badgers on all things as long as it doesn't collide with Tech. Uh, however, Tech is not good right now. They're just terrible. <laughs> I asked because so, Tony Bennett's the, uh, the uh, he's oh, from, from oh, this area, UW from Green Bay. Bay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, he's doing, no, UVA basketball has always been solid. Yeah, yeah. My, some some people, some on the street say it's a boring brand of basketball, but it's the Bennett way. I love yeah. it. Yeah, you can't knock always in the top ten, you know. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Best yeah. defense ever. Right. So, well, cool, man. It was great to, Tash, we're good. It's just yeah. uh, keep your eyes open for lacrosse. It's, like I said, it's the best game out there. So yeah. thank you. Thanks a lot, guys.
Hey, welcome to the NoosaCast. Uh, Andy, we was, uh, first of all, if you're going to tell us a little bit about your organization and the uh, ages that, that you cover. Yeah, sure. Uh, so Fox Cities Rugby, we start um, as young as second grade, sometimes even first grade, all the way through high school for youth. Um, it is co-ed flag rugby from yeah. elementary school through middle school. And then once they're, they also then have the choice in middle school if they want to do tackle. And then that's when we separate them like boys and girls and then tackle is then middle school and high school. Wow. Um, so. We're here at the Sports Discovery Night. Yep. What is a big goal for you for tonight for being here? Yeah, so we're definitely trying to recruit for um, our spring and summer for 2024. Um, we also do have men's and women's teams as well that we're always recruiting for. Um, our season will go until like the middle of November, okay. um, and then we'll start back up in early spring with some indoor practices and then get back outside. What are your numbers like right now? Um, our numbers are pretty good. Um, for youth, we kind of split up into grades, so you, we usually have almost like two teams like per grade grade okay. um, and usually it's about I think it's like about like seven or eight kids per team so we have almost like 16 kids like per grade group which is really great um, when we practice out in um, we also practice out at Haysacker Park in yep. Little Shoot um, and there we have about like 45 kids that come to our practices on Tuesdays Wow! yeah so if you have a kid who's totally I do. Might yep. be interested yep what what do you tell these kids what do you say what's your What's your draw? Yeah, so like the biggest thing is that uh, rugby is very inclusive. Um, it's not like soccer or football where you only have like one person that kind of controls the game or controls the ball. Everybody gets the chance to touch the ball. Everybody gets the chance to score. Um, so that's kind of the nice thing about it is that it doesn't matter how big or little you are. You always have that chance, and a lot of kids don't get that chance in other sports. That's awesome. Well, I was going to ask, I mean, it's a really interesting sport, I think. A lot of us maybe our age, a little bit older, saw like Australian rules football. Sure. Didn't know what the heck we were watching, yep. but you're holding, it's a rugby this, this, ball? This is, is a rugby ball, Can yeah. This, ball? Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's kind of funny because uh, I'm going to make a, a bumper sticker that says women's rugby, our balls are bigger than yours. Um, because they are, they are bigger than a football. This Facts. one is actually a youth ball. This is size four. Um, we usually do like the size five, which is like that turtle ball over there. Um, the biggest difference, obviously, is if you've ever seen it, is that um, passes aren't done forward. Yeah. They're always done like sideways and like backwards. Um, so that's kind of like the interesting thing that, you know, sometimes a little like difficult concept to get in touch, but once you kind of start running around with the ball, it's definitely a lot easier. It makes more sense. How many how many people are on the field? How many players? 11 um, or 11? Uh, nope. So it always kind of like depends. Um, for youth, um, I believe the elementary school is five kids five kids so five versus five um, and then as they get older then they start doing more so like middle school will be like seven so seven versus seven um, and then if they get uh, as they get older then we switch into like 15 so then 15 versus 15 which is usually what we do in the fall as well for the for the adults so then when you get watching like the Olympic rugby or whatever mm -hmm. that's 15 on 15 mm -hmm. 30 people wow that's a lot yeah how many officials I'm an official so I, I always nerd yep. out on um, officials. so usually we have um, touch judge so line judges there's okay. One on each side, and then one referee, um, a sir. Sure, sure. Yeah, it's a quick, quick passes back. Yes, yes. A lot are of hard called, tackles. What do you call, are they called laterals, passes? What are they called? They're that? backwards pass, lateral, yep. sure. Sure, backwards pass, yes. Yep. No, that's awesome. And Tash covered how to get get a hold of you guys, but it's, uh, yeah, it's a here. super interesting sport. You guys can scan our little QR code on there, and that'll bring you at least to like the youth page. Um, and then we do also have Fox City's Gargoyles, which is our men's team. Yeah. And then uh, Fox Valley Chaos is our women's team. Oh, that's awesome. Maybe uh, 
we can get back in touch with you come springtime and sure. see how your numbers are and see how things are going. Yeah. Um, we know how to get a hold of you now. Yeah, our, so. our men, they, they host a tournament in the middle of May um, that's a, a tens tournament, so 10 versus 10. Um, and we usually bring a bunch of different men's and women's teams, not just from Wisconsin, but from all over the Midwest, too. Oh, that'd so. be great. We'll have to remember that yeah. for yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Well, Where's thank you so much. Uh, we play out at Greenville Lions Park, and that's also where we practice as well, th uh, yeah, right. Tuesdays and Thursdays. Well, great. Nice. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, we thank appreciate you so much, guys. it. And uh, yeah, if you're interested in in uh, youth rugby, men's rugby, women's rugby, um, check out Fox Cities Rugby. Yeah, thank you so much, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, I'm Mac, and um, I go to Janet Berry, and I play for Appleton Hockey. What position? Goalie. Oh, goalie. Nice. There's not many kids built that way, are there? No. Best position on the ice? I think so. Yeah? You like all the equipment? It's heavy, though. Yeah? <laughs> so how's school going? Good. What's your favorite subject? Math. Very good. So a goalie, and you like math. You're off to a good start. So how's now your season? When does the hockey season start? Pretty soon? October. So it's coming up in a couple of weeks? Yeah. Do you skate in the off season? <clears throat> yeah. Now we're in the Champion Center. This is my first time here. This is a pretty cool place. Have you skated here before? Yeah. It's one of your favorite places? Eh. <laughs> Second. Second favorite? What's your What's your favorite? Uh, Appleton Rink. Oh, nice. The one at Memorial Park? Yeah. Yeah. Now, does the, is the ice different? Is one faster or slower than the other? No. Okay. I just like it better there. Okay. Do the lights make a difference as a goalie? Does Can you see the puck different in the rink? No, Different ranks? I see it. I see it the exact same. Yeah, nice. Do you do a lot of practicing? How how do you practice to be a goalie? I mean, I just go on the ice and work hard as much as I can. Just take shots, right? Have shots taken at you. Yeah. Do you? You're pretty flexible. Not super, but I'm I'm pretty flexible. Who's your favorite goalie in the NHL? Uh, Darcy Kemper. Mac, I have a question for you. What is? Why do you love hockey so much? I don't know. My friend got it into me when I was like five six years old now i just love it do you have uh, do you have friends at school they they look up to you as a hockey player do they like you play hockey really yeah. i mean kind of i had one friend that played with me but he okay. quit hockey last year i think all right um so tell me a little bit your season's coming up um you're obviously hoping to make states and uh all those what what level do you play right now i played score day i I'm hoping to be on PWA. The PWA this year. Okay, so you're um, you're in the 12 and under right now, right? Is it? Yeah. yeah. So it's the 12U basically. I don't mm -hmm. like trying to remember when my kids played, and I know Bantam is 14 and 13, so 11 and 12 are your PWAs. All right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Um, I did want to ask you. You know, you've been playing. How many years have you been playing now? Like four. Four. All right. Um, did you go through the learn to skate program, or did you jump right in? Did yeah. I? All right, so, you know, we had uh, Matt Blair on who has been involved with hockey. My kids have been involved with hockey and came through the same programs. Um, if you had a, somebody who was your age and they were looking to play hockey, what would you tell them? Just try your best and work hard. Work hard. All right. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. Mac, they got to have great hair like yours, though, right? You've got good <laughs> flow going. I love it. Yeah. Yes, you've got the hockey flow. It's important. <laughs> Thanks, man. Good luck. We'll come and watch you play. Thanks. All righty. Bye. Uh, my name is Sarah Wessner. I am part of the Fox River Hurling 
club? Yeah, Newsacast. We're at the Hurling Club here at the Sports Discovery uh, Nights at uh, Champion Center. So. We want to know a little bit more about hurling. What is this? All right. So <laughs> hurling, it's actually the national sport of Ireland, and it's a ball and stick field sport. Typically, we play it on a soccer field. Uh, you are allowed to strike the ball with the stick. You can kick it. Uh, you can pass it with your hand. It is a full contact sport, so we do wear helmets, but it's typically shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder contact, only if someone has the ball. Uh, since we all have jobs and we like to not be broken. We take it easy on each other during practices, uh, but we are here tonight to try to recruit more people to gain interest back in our bandits program, our youth program, and also try to grow interest, interest in our adult league as well. Uh, we do practice at the Oshkosh Recplex in the wintertime on UWO's campus. And we also have a memorial tournament as well for uh, Brian Pierce. Uh, we're trying to plan that for February this year, or sorry, this coming February. We had it in May, I believe it was this year. Uh, but we're just here to try to get the word out about hurling and you know meet some more friends. What kind of numbers do you have right now with your group? I think we're at about 20 to 25 adults, give okay. or take. Um, you know, we take men, women. Uh, some of their, some of our friends are there, they have their kids there. It's a whole family affair. We all like the camaraderie. Um, it's a good way to relieve stress. And heck, some of us get together and help each other out with yard projects. I know fall <laughs> is coming. Yep. <laughs> I know I took advantage of that this year already. Um, right? So we're, we're all here to help each other out. Do you have a, a website that uh, if people are interested in they can go to? Yeah, we do have a website. Otherwise, you can find us on Facebook for, okay. uh, under the Fox River Hurling Club. You can shoot us a message on there, and someone will reach out to you. Now, I'm assuming all ages, even somebody my age, can, can hurl, correct? Yes. I'm, I'm looking at the shirt right there, McGinnis Irish Pub, one of my favorite places. Spent a night there at Mile of Music. It was, it was wonderful. Yeah, they've, they've been a great sponsor of ours in the past. Uh, we have been mixing it up a little bit. We might hit them back up again. Uh, right now, OB's and uh, McFleshman's are our sponsors. Uh, but we have to go around and ask people for Good money. Beer. Yeah, that's I know, and, I, I understand. And maybe some beer as well. But uh, if people come out and say hi to us tonight, we do have some coupons for $10 off a of dinner at OB's. Nice. And so, what's, what's the ball made out of? The ball... It is a cork-wrapped oh, leather wow. ball, very similar to yeah, a baseball. But light. Oddly. Yeah. And it's whacked with that, so... Yes. Okay. Now, what's this made out of? Just wood, or is, I mean, it's like a baseball bat where it's pressed. Historically, kind of the original ones are made out of ash, kind of like the root part of the ash good, tree. Good, good but as things have changed and technologies have progressed, you know, you'll see composite materials. Um, I play with a composite hurley. I just like the weight of it. Yeah. Um, the ash hurleys do, you know, they do dry out. It's wood. Um, I've broken a hurley before, uh, so my composite one is lasting me a little bit longer. But it the, just, ball, the ball stays on the ground? Uh, the ball, you can pass it with your hand. You can oh. balance it on the hurley. You're not allowed to pick the ball up off the ground with your hand. Oh, you so have you to can flick pass it up like that. Yep. Oh, wow. You can kick it to each other. Um, oh, it's a lot of fun. We actually use a soccer goal with okay. rugby uprights. So if you get it past the goalie, it's three points, and if you get it over them in the uprights, it's one point. The rules have changed, so you can't hand pass into a goal anymore, I believe. Okay. Um, at least for the women's team, you could use any body part but your hand, uh, but I think the men's rules are just a little bit more stringent, so you have to 
I think use the Hurley or like your feet. Um, don't quote me on that, but it's, it's pretty close to that. Yeah, anybody's welcome to come watch. Um, just check us out on Facebook to see what we're up to. Um, everyone's welcome to come check it out. With Peter uh, with the Fox Valley Saints, and you're halfway through the season. Things are going well. Yeah, things are going really well. Our, our uh, numbers have been fantastic this year. We had over 130 kids register. Had the good problem of having to split our teams at each level. So we had two teams at sixth grade, two teams at seventh grade, and two teams at eighth grade for the first time. And that's excellent. So, and you guys kind of do a co-op with Xavier. So it's, it's both schools. Mm -hmm. Combine? Yes. So it's the Fox Valley Lutheran system um, and the Xavier system, so Catholic and Lutheran schools, as well as non-denominational schools, and anyone actually who is uh, considering um, FEL or Xavier as a high school or goes to a Catholic school in the Fox Valley area, so, um, or, or sorry, a Christian school in the Fox Valley area. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the way it should work, right? That's right. That's pretty right. sweet. I mean, and, and it's a great way. I was just talking with some other parents about this. A great way for the kids who are in the middle school uh, from all the many different schools surrounding the area. You know, we might pull two from one school, one from another school, and five from another school, and they all come together on a football team where they can get to know each other before going off to high school and meeting each other. So it's like forming those bonds before you sure. even get to high school. Oh, that's huge, absolutely. Now you've had, the Saints been, what year number is this, three this or four? This is our fourth season. Four, you're right. Mm -hmm. So now you've had teams cycle through into the high school. Are you, are you seeing a difference now as they get through up to varsity football? I think we are already seeing a difference, absolutely. Um, we have, so our first class of Saints players is now juniors, um, and, uh, and we have, Four of our starters, Xavier anyway, we have four of our starters, uh, of our starting linemen were, you know, through the Saints program. Sure. I, uh, I do the analyst part of the broadcast for our games, and so I watch the footwork of all the guys that nice. I coached back in I the day. I love footwork. And, uh, <laughs> and the footwork of, the, uh, of those linemen has really carried through from what we've taught through those years in the, in the Saints program. At the end of the day, right, it's all about footwork. It is, and it's all about that cohesiveness that you learn by being together throughout. You know, the Pop Warner program was awesome. Unfortunately, when four years ago uh, they weren't able to support the sixth and seventh grade, that's when we came up with the Saints program. And uh, now those kids play together on the same team through the program starting in sixth grade rather than finding a new team in eighth grade after Pop Warner's over. So it's been great for the cohesion that way as well. Oh, I'll bet. It's almost like a reflex, isn't it, with, with footwork? It has to get to that level where you, we, the greatest athletes just don't think about it. It's a so good. Absolutely. That's the way we did it every day. We started every practice with 15 to 20 minutes of just lineman footwork. Everyone did it. Not not just the lineman, not just the receiver. Not The receivers and quarterbacks didn't get out of it. Everyone did blocking. Everyone worked on footwork. Because you don't know what position you're going to play when you get to high school. Things change. Now, I know you've been part of it even before the Saints. My son, Will, who is a freshman in college now. Slapshot. Slapshot. Yep. <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> he, uh, you were involved at that time. And my son, Ethan, was the first group to come through 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Yep. And he's a freshman now. And one thing you said is that they grow these friendships with these kids they're playing with. And when they get into high school, it's not like I'm looking for friends. They already have that group established. And it's definitely carried over on the football field because yeah. I know FBL's a 
freshman team is doing really well this year. They're playing yeah. good football. And it comes back to you guys and the coaching you've had for these years. How, how are you able to keep these coaches and get these parents involved? Well, uh, the coaches actually are typically parent coaches that are coming through with their, um, with their kids. And what we found is that rather than having coaches that stay there, the coaches that really get invested in the success of the program and into the kids are the parents of the kids that they're coaching. Um, and I meet with them multiple times throughout the off season, leading up to the season. We talk about the, um, the, the, the commitment to the teams that we need to have, the commitment to the principles of Saints football, which are, you know, number one, that we, you know, honor God is number one. Number two, make sure everyone's having fun. Number three, make sure that everyone wants to come out and play football again yeah. next year. Number four is to build positive friendships and memories, which is part of, you know, number number three. And number five, once you've achieved one through four, is let's win some football games. Yeah. That's what we like to do on Saturday, but it doesn't mean anything if you didn't achieve one through four. And, and so those things, I think, really stick in the head absolutely. of our coaches, and they bring that out in the practice field. And how fun is a Friday night game, East, uh, Xavier versus FBL? Oh. All those kids know each other. It's They're awesome. out there battling. They're shaking hands and hugging each other after the game. I've seen I've seen after the Apple Bowl on the last couple of years. I didn't I didn't see it this year. I wasn't watching as closely, but um, last year I saw a couple of them uh, guys from the different sides. They took off the jerseys, put them on the opposite <laughs> team's jerseys, and took a picture together because they had played with you know. Right. Actually, that was JV games uh, because they were guys yep. that played played through the Saints program. So you know, not just the relationships you build with the kids you're going to go to school with, but then you're friendly rivals from across town too yeah, they want to they want to kill each other in the game <laughs> yeah but after the game they're, they're, they're buddies the friendships again. are there yeah it's very cool to see well maybe when the season's done um we can have you on for a full interview on our podcast and talk about saints wrestling possibly too that started yeah, uh, that but would we, be awesome we appreciate your time yeah and uh we're glad we could catch up with you here and talk a little saints football all right thanks a lot good to hear from you guys well, Tosh, we did it. That that was a lot of fun. I hope people kind of felt what, what Tosh and I felt. It was pretty pretty live there. It was fun to, to interact with, with, with all the folks. Our first crack, it, it kind of really going going mobile like that for us, portable. And, and, and that was a lot of fun. And, and man, we met some great people. They, I, I, the, the girls from, from the roller derby, they were fantastic. But, but all of the groups were, uh, one, they were just interesting. Two, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. And it was some good connections to make and a good word getting out on the podcast. And, you know, what we've really hoped to do, um, we will try to do our best uh, to link any all the groups that we've talked to. And um, we really hope to uh, to get your organizations some some FaceTime on our radio podcast. Right. <laughs> that's uh, that's the you know, like goal. Says, yeah. Face face to radio. But, you know, if you represent a sport and you want to bring awareness to it and we weren't able to interview you, uh, again, please let us know. Uh, contact us through our socials. Uh, email us. And we'd love to uh, get your word out to the community about your sport. Hey, Newsacast, we're looking forward to this throwback. Unfortunately, 
We are uh, doing this one because we just had an uh, all-time great third baseman from the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, Brooks Robinson just passed away. Yeah, it was a shame, Tash. Brooks was at the Red Smith Banquet in 2003. We had a heck of a lineup that year. Vern, Vern Lundquist, the smooth voice of Vern Lundquist, and, uh, and Leroy Butler, number 36 for the Green Bay Packers. But Brooks Robinson, a Hall of Fame third baseman, just by all accounts, one of the greatest guys ever. And just, Tash, there, there was no better. When you think of third basemen, at least for me, I think Brooks Robinson and Mike Schmidt, those are my two third basemen. Yeah, you know, and he was just, I mean, he's beloved by Orioles fans. I mean, probably one of the favorite players that, you know, his name comes up. But he was just, I, I sat there and talked with him and just an all-around nice guy. Absolutely. I mean, unbelievable. Lots of character, lots, you know, just, he was awesome. Just fantastic to talk with stories. Um, you know, he had, what a career. You know, truly one of the best third basemen to ever play the game. Tosh, he was such a nice guy that we gave him an, an award called the Nice Guy Award. He was that nice. <laughs> Absolutely. He was that nice. <laughs> that, that was a truly fitting award for him. I mean, to sit there and talk to a nobody from, as your dad said, Applesauce, Wisconsin. Yeah. Uh, but talk to him like he knew you, you know, for years. It was just unbelievable experience. There's nothing like a classic old baseball guy. I don't know what it is, but they, they can tell the best stories in the world. And they are just genuinely the, the nicest people. And I was thinking, Tash, you, know, you, you talked about Brooks playing for the Orioles. And, and low-key, That I think that's my favorite. Other than the ball and glove, I think the Oriole cap and that Oriole logo might, <laughs> might be my second favorite logo in baseball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a classic for sure. Good old Earl Weaver, Tash. If you ever want, uh, huh. Brooks Robinson played certainly played with with four Earl Weaver. And uh, boy, if you ever want entertainment, right? Hit YouTube and Earl Weaver. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you're on YouTube. You're going to be watching yes. Brooks Robinson after you're done. Uh, type in Earl Weaver rants. Yes, and you will see some classic manager going after the umpires, and you will. You'll you'll be crying, you'll be laughing so hard. Oh, absolutely, and, and the umpire is just as good as Earl because that <laughs> umpire's only job that night, Josh, was to, well, yeah. we'll, we'll let the video stick speak. it to the, stick it to Earl yes. and the Orioles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, we think you're going to love this one. Um, you know, and you know, it's obviously with a heavy heart that uh, he that Brooks Robinson passed away, but um, you can relive. Brooks through this uh, throwback. Absolutely. 2003, the Red Smith Banquet at the Radisson Paper Valley Hotel that evening. Red Smith Sports Awards. Banquet throwback. Red Smith Award, of course, goes to someone who has made some unique contributions to sport in Wisconsin. And also epitomizes the great values that Red Smith exhibited. Let's give a Red Smith welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, it is my privilege and honor to present the Miller Nice Guy Award to Brooks Robinson. Thank you very much. It's 
great to be here in Appleton tonight to say hello to uh, all of you. And uh, it's a wonderful feeling to be recognized as a nice guy. And as I look around this table here tonight, there's a lot of great guys. And this is one of the nice things about uh, coming to a banquet like this, because I get to meet a lot of people that uh, I used to watch on TV. And uh, Eric here tonight, congratulations, Eric, on your Rookie of the Year. I've followed your career this year. and. I'm uh, very happy for you, and it's nice to see Vern again. Been a while. Leroy, I followed your career, pal. Enjoyed that. And uh, Pat, I want you to tell, I've followed Brooks's career also. And I was just a little kid when Pat played, you know, and uh, he was <laughs> one of my... He, he was one of my heroes when he was catching passes there. But I just want to thank Miller Beer for this award because uh, I'm very excited about it. Uh, you know, I never wanted to do anything in my whole life except put on a baseball uniform and, and play. Uh, I tagged along after my dad as a youngster. He was a pretty good semi-pro player uh, back in Little Rock, Arkansas. And uh, I was a bat boy on a lot of his teams. We went to the same high school. We played on the same American Legion team. And uh, that was my dream. I remember when I was in the eighth grade, I wrote a booklet on my vocation or what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I, I wrote it on being a, a professional baseball player. And uh, when your dream comes true, uh, that's pretty awesome, I'll tell you. I, my, my mom and dad would probably be more proud of this award right here than anything that I accomplished in my baseball career. And I think that uh, the things that they taught me, uh, uh, I learned at an early age that uh, in baseball, uh, everyone has a job to do, whether it be the, the your teammates, uh, the, the reporters, uh, your, your fans, and you'd give them all the respect. And I can only tell you that uh, it's come back tenfold to me. And I just think all the people that I ran into uh, through my career uh, uh, would think of me as a nice guy, and I do appreciate that award. As I look around this crowd out here tonight, I tell you, it's my kind of crowd. The older, the better. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now, I, I don't mean that in any derogatory way, but I can only tell you, whoever said that fame was fleeting, I know exactly what they mean, because it's brought home to me every day I walk this earth. And it's usually brought home by some little six or seven-year-old kid. I mean, I can't stand those kids if you want to know the truth. <laughs> I mean, what a pain. Uh, I'm just kidding. I love them all. But, you know, sometimes I can sit around and I start thinking of all the wonderful things that happened to me in my career, you know, and my ego gets up in the air and leave it to one of these little six or seven-year-old kids who come by and puncture that ego and bring you right back down to earth. And uh, I was invited to a grammar school here not too long ago. It was career day, and they wanted me to come by and and talk about being a professional baseball player. I said, great, I'd be more than happy to. So I got out of my car and I started walking into the school. It was a grammar school, six, kids six to 12. And I began to think, look, I've been out of the game 25 years. These kids have no idea who Brooks Robinson is. And sure enough, when I got into school, my fears were well-founded, believe me. And I, I had this one little kid come running up to me, you know, and say, oh, Mr. Robinson, I'm glad to see you. And he was waving this book in front of my face, and it was called The Brooks Robinson Story. He said, Mr. Robinson, man, he said, this book was great. He said, but I thought you were dead. <laughs> and, um, then, then one of them, then one of them wanted to know, did you play with Babe Ruth? And I said, no, son, I'm not. I'm not play with, you know. And, 
I know, I know all you mothers and fathers know about the baseball cards. I mean, every year you're in the big leagues, they put out a baseball card with your picture on the front, your bio on the back. And my rookie year was 1957, and my last year to play was uh, 1977. And Topps put out 21 Brooks Robinson baseball cards. Well, lo and behold, this one little kid comes up. And he's got all 21 Brooks Robinson cards. I mean, they know how to hurt you. Now, just listen to this, you know. And he said, Brooks, he said, Mr. Robinson, I got to have your autograph. So he gives me a card, and I sign the card and give it back to him. And he said, but I got to have all 21 of these signed. And I said, wait, what do you need 21 Brooks Robinson autographs for? He said, well, since you've been out of the game so long, you know, here in Baltimore, it takes 21 of your autographs now just to get one of Cal Ripken. <laughs> uh, I'm telling you. I, I was walking through the airport the other day, and I saw this father and son over on the right-hand side, and I could tell the father recognized me just like that. The little boy had no idea who I was, but kept walking to my gate, and all of a sudden, I got a little tug on the coat, and I turn around, and the little kid's there, you know, and he's got a piece of paper and a pen. He said, Mr. Robinson, he said, can I have your autograph? And I said, sure. So I gave him an autograph and gave it back to him. And I said, now, you don't know who Brooks Robinson is, do you? He said, no, I don't. I said, well, what do you want that autograph for? He said, my dad said that you used to play baseball. You're getting old. You're in the Hall of Fame, and you might die soon, and this might be worth something. <laughs> so anyway. I don't have a whole lot else to say, except it's, it's really been uh, uh, fun being here, and uh, I know that uh, when I was uh, first starting with the Orioles, Appleton was an Oriole farm system with guys like Boog Powell, uh, Earl Weaver. I mean, well, what a guy he is, and he's, uh, he's, he's mellowed out a little. I do have one little story. We got time for a little story? One little story about Earl. Uh, uh, Earl, Earl Weaver was, uh, the reason I appreciate Earl because he was a guy who never wanted to do anything in his life except be a big league baseball player and was not good enough. Went back to the minors, class D, class D, C, B, A, double A, triple A, the major leagues, and now he's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. But anyway, we had this fellow on our team by the name of Pat Kelly. And Pat Kelly, a very religious guy, in fact, he's a minister now, wonderful guy. And we're playing the... Uh, Minnesota Twins one night. It's the bottom of the ninth. We're home. We got the bases loaded, and uh, we got uh, uh, one out, and Pat Kelly's up at the plate. And the one thing that drove Earl Weaver crazy was the fact swinging balls out of the strike zone. Anyway, Pat Kelly gets to three and two, and all he has to do is he gets a base hit, he hits a fly ball. Uh, uh, we win the game. Anyway, three and two, and he swings at a ball over his head like this and strikes out. Anyway, now we're in the 13th inning, and Earl's sitting down there just saying, Pat, you know, how could you do that? You know, swinging a ball over your head would be home having a cocktail now. You're, you know, you're, I don't understand it, you know. And finally, Pat just had, he had enough, you know, and he came down, and he put his hand on Earl Weaver's shoulder, and he said, Earl, have you ever thought about walking with the Lord? You know, and Earl, I mean, he, he looked up, you know. Kind of shocked him, but he was one of those guys. When he was he was quick with the wit. He looked up and he said, "Pat, have you ever tried walking with the bases loaded?" <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you, thank you. Anyway, it's been great being with all of you. What a wonderful turnout! I can't tell you it's the last time I've been to a banquet where there's 1,800 people here. This is just unbelievable. So, uh, thanks very much for inviting me, and uh, I do appreciate this nice guy award. Thank you.
All right, NoosaCast listeners, it's everybody's favorite time. It is the forgot, forgotten and never forgotten. Um, one of you guys, I'm sure some of you probably would like to forget this <laughs> segment. And maybe some of you have forgotten it already. But we're going to take a little look on things that we want to forget and some things that we never, ever are going to be forgotten. So um, I'm going to go first. I'm just going to tell you what I want to forget. Um, and this has uh, been three weeks of driving my son to school at FVL. And I tell you what, that construction on 441, oh. it, can, it can stop anytime it wants to. I, I, I'm lucky. <laughs> it's always a traffic jam. I've heard. It's it's interesting you say that because I, I haven't driven it myself, but uh, getting the weather every morning, you know, the local news will always do the, the local uh, yep. traffic report and there's not much to it, but uh they always do mention that specific spot, though, on 441 that it's always backed up. Right. Was, there's sometimes that we've driven through the city. Uh, but I tell you what, if people would just be nice, be cordial, let the person in and just keep moving and traffic. I mean, the police have even been on TV saying, you know, this is called a scissors. D- the Wisconsin DOT has released videos on it. Just let people in. The second you save by being an idiot and not letting somebody in backs everything else up and you don't save any time. So keep traffic moving. Let people in. There you go. <laughs> well, Tosh, I, uh, I was struggling with what's my forgotten. It's, it's forgotten. And, and I had one, but that exact conversation just absolutely triggered something in my mind. And it's something that you brought up earlier. you, Several episodes ago, you, you were talking about downtown College Avenue and the restriping project and the that that whole okay. traffic mess down there. And as as a lot of you come to know, my mode of transportation is a bike. I, I love it. And I drove down College Avenue Saturday night. I had dinner down there. There's no place to turn left on a bike. How the hell are you supposed to get across the street? <laughs> you, you cannot get across the street. I had It took me almost longer to cross the street than it did to bike from my house to that, that point where I had to cross the street. <laughs> I was infuriated if there was so much traffic down there on Saturday because it's one it was yeah. one lane, which is f- whatever that it's it's fine that that doesn't affect me. I the bike lanes are, are are fine, but you you can't maneuver north and south. You can only go east and west, but you can't you can't hardly cross the street. Uh, you know, even even at the stoplights, there was so much traffic. They're blocking the lanes. It was just, yeah, that's my forgotten. I had forgotten that I forgotten that. But uh, yeah. Saturday night, I was definitely livid. Not I just wanted remembering yes. it. Right. All I wanted, Tosh, was sushi, <laughs> and I couldn't get across the street. So. That's definitely forgotten. So he must have been at uh sushi lovers or Nakashima. Uh, sushi lovers, yes. It was so good. So yep. good. All yes. Right. They have uh <laughs> yeah, I really like it there. Cause you you can try yeah, we'll we'll, we'll have to get into yeah. a food conversation sometimes, but you can try you multiple go. sushis there and, and and really get it really hone in on what you like. Excellent. Well, I'm gonna tell you what I uh Never forgetting. And uh, it, it, every year it kind of hits. Um, and I've had my my son's, my oldest son go through high school. And now my youngest one is going through high school. But um, it's the excitement that you see during homecoming when you teach in high school. 
And uh, it, it's fun. It doesn't matter how bad your football team is. It doesn't matter how good your football team is. All right, you have your dress-up days. You have all your events going on. You have your parade. I mean, Appleton's homecoming is not not this week. It's the, it's the uh, first week of October. Um, but, uh, you know, the excitement's already building. Kids are already gearing up. They're announcing the days, um, what the days are next week for dress-up and things like that. And, you know, it's a fun time. And you see everybody dressed up for their homecoming dance and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's, you know, it, it goes back to the old, uh, the parades that used to go down college for Appleton West and, um, Appleton East goes down John street to the football field. So yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a fun time. Tasha, I like it. That, that was actually on my list of, of things for, for the, my, uh, never forgetting, uh, it's my daughter, Amelia is doing her, her first homecoming is, is this Saturday doing the pictures. Oh. There you yeah, go. She's going out uh, to dinner with one of her friends, and um, yeah, I, it's you know I had two boys that went through it, and it's different with a girl for sure. Oh, I can't <laughs> so, even imagine. <laughs> but dances are different than, than you're right than, than when we were there. You know, no romance at the dance, right, Mister yeah. Britton? There you go. <laughs> but space yeah, between absolutely. you. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. But no, that, that's I mean I'm never forgetting that either, and 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 I'm going to be right in the middle of going to try to take it in this this weekend of of my daughter and the other thing i have to say about my never forgetting and, and it was your never forgetting last week so you had dave matthews last week tosh i have listened in the last week to so much dave matthews that it is impossible me for me <laughs> to ever forget dave matthews i have listened to i bet you i've listened to 36 hours of Dave Matthews in the last week. <laughs> so many nice. shows. So nice. that is well, my never forgetting because it's just seared into my head. There you go. Well, I was glad I could trigger something for you. That's no, awesome. You, you definitely did. Dave Matthews, I you know, I still think about the shows and think about going down to Alpine and, and seeing him at Summerfest. And uh, actually, I remember the first time I saw him, I think, was at the Bradley Center. Yeah. The old Bradley Center before it got tore yes. down. So, um yeah, great, great shows. Always, always is. And, um, you know, you got to catch Dave. And I actually saw Dave at Farm Aid when it was at um, Miller Park yeah, as well. You, you and I caught that he show Tim, together. Tim Reynolds. Yeah. I th did we do that show yeah. together? I think Nora Jones was there. Yeah, I think, I think so. Have. Yeah, that yep. was uh, that was fun. In fact, I just saw pictures uh, this past weekend was I think the last farm aid and, and Dave was up on stage with Willie yeah. and Bob Weir was there. It was, it was a cool group of performers. Yeah, absolutely. It's never forgotten. And I'm never forgetting or something like that. Whatever it is, have a great uh, week and continue to uh, listen to our podcast. Um, any place you get your podcasts and uh, don't forget to check out the throwbacks on YouTube as well. But we really appreciate the fact that you joined us um, for a little experiment going into the live realm of podcasting and uh, we hope you enjoyed it and you hope you can continue to listen no absolutely we thank everybody and please like subscribe share spread the word we'd appreciate it and always a hoot tosh enjoy a little digstown tune as we head on out Thanks for listening to the NoosaCast. We appreciate your support. If you haven't yet subscribed, please do so and tell a friend.
A huge thanks to Digstown for all the music in today's episode. Catch a gig or find them on Spotify. Northeastern Wisconsin Sports Advancement is a 501c3 organization. Our mission is to raise money, provide support, and create awareness for youth sports organizations in Northeastern Wisconsin. We do this primarily through the Red Smith Sports Award Banquet and the NoosaCast. Each year, we give back to the community through three initiatives, the Every Kid Plays, the Gives Back Initiative, and scholarships to student athletes. Thank you.